Hello again and you're all very welcome to our Right to Change podcast after a, an extended break from late summer and here we are in November and today I'm very pleased to be talking to Councillor Lorna Bogue from Cork City who I had the pleasure and privilege of listening to speaking at the Right to Change conference a few weeks ago in Dublin. You're very very welcome Lorna. Thanks for having me. Well, great. And listen, the first question I want to ask you, because of what you spoke about a few weeks ago is, and since then, last week, and for how many days, we've had meetings of all, of all the best minds in the world, really, um, yeah, over there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, of course, I was being a little bit um, exaggerating, perhaps. <laughs> um, climate action, COP, everything. Just just give us your opinion on it, right? I mean we've we've been listening to what's been on the news. What was your what was your reaction to it? Well, there was a lot of um spin around it. I mean the, the, the pledges that happened at COP twenty six, you know, they might have been acceptable maybe, you know, decades ago, but they're not acceptable now, you know. Um and yeah. that's that's the problem. Um it's that you know, the, the, the entire thing about this climate summit is, you know, in the first instance, everything is negotiated beforehand by the various different states. OK, so the civil services of all of these states will already course, yes. have reached their negotiating positions. Um, and then, you know, there's the obviously the, the, the two weeks where all the various sort of world leaders show up and say how green they are. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. that's it. That's it. You know, it's just it's just a it's just like a an expo for for greenwashing. Um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't very surprised. Um, at at the things that happened. I mean, like there there's no there's no meaningful curb on um fossil fuel use you know and that's 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 that, that's the biggest thing you know that 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 is the biggest thing that needs to be um stopped as soon as possible um and it, it just isn't being stopped um and i suppose the reason for that and i suppose what i what i went into um during the um during the the conference that we were at is that um you know th this is to do with the the normal operations of capitalism um, so the, the two issues, um, climate mm. crisis and capitalism, can't can't be separated from each other of because course. one actually follows the other. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of um, I, I think that's the main point that environmentalists need to start getting across now. And some of them are starting to get it. Like, I, I think I think Greta, Greta Thunberg has actually been getting better over time. Um, I you know, she's becoming a little bit less acceptable in the mainstream. I can I can see people kind of starting to to turn against her now that she's oh, yes. kind of moved out absolutely from... yeah well mm. well this well this is it um but I, I suppose what what i would say is kind of you know like all the, all the people who are going to the school strikes and all of this kind of thing um you know they're they're young um but they 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 understand completely um what the problem is um and i i think i think the the time of them getting patronized is um coming to a close now um, and, you know, ignore, ignore them at your peril mm. kind of thing. Yeah, I um, really, I so. really hope you're right, because th mm. that's, there's, there's a sort of a feeling of I mean, exactly what you're saying. Um, from from the point of view of, you know, the Joe Bidens and indeed our, our own people and the, the Tory party in England, uh, there's no votes in this. There's no votes in telling people the truth, really. Um. Well, there you see, 
I, I suppose... For the people yes, who yes. vote for them, if you know what I'm saying, you're turning yes. around and telling the people who vote for them, well, in actual fact, there's going to be curbs and this and curbs and that. And, and you're going to lose an awful lot of money. Are you going to have to make, you know, enormous investments? And they don't like hearing that. Well, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> but you see, it, it is it is it is that particular capitalist class who are going exactly. to lose out um, in this. Um, and, you know, I, I suppose I suppose it is that reframing that we on the left need to do of the climate crisis as being a class issue. You know, this this is to do with capitalism. It's to do with class. Um, and it's it's about us as a working class. Um, I suppose, fighting for our own survival against, um, a, 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 you know, a, a, an international capitalist class that is um, is, is driving um, the, the changes in our climate. Um, and yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a real kind of existential thing. Um, but I, I suppose the, the thing about it is, is that, you know, if we're to address climate crisis, um, you know, in, in this country, for example, like the way to do that is by doing things that um, would actually benefit um, the working class. Um, and that's that's where the that's where this government is kind of going wrong, because everything is framed in that neoliberal frame of this will result in costs. You know, we'll, we'll have to tighten the belts austerity like we're seeing new kind of eco austerity happening. But that that isn't actually the way that um, it will need to be um, like the, the way that it would be is that, you know, you'd be making massive state investments um, in infrastructure um, in order to transition um, our economy to one that um, doesn't rely on carbon um, to exist. Um, and, you know, like that, that that is beneficial. You know, that's that's something that that know, would be beneficial be to everybody, because let's face it. I mean, yeah. and I suppose. When, when you listen to what was going on there last week at the at this kind of meeting, is that a lot of the effects of climate change, when we say, you know, you hear people here in, in Ireland saying, you know, and the, and the weather is changing and everything. The effects of climate change have been with us for a long time, but they've been mostly mm. in the countries that will be, you know, I mean, let's face it, I've always had a bit of a problem with the words underdeveloped countries what they have mm. been is actually neglected yeah and yeah, the problem is already there yes yeah 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 and used yeah. and used in actual fact to create wealth for others that they see none of and, and i mean that's that's the sort of thing that it is already here this but i think until it affects rather in the way the covid thing you know has affected everybody it it doesn't differentiate between rich and poor, but of course, you know they still manage to send the poorer people out uh, to take the greatest risks. You know, which yeah. we could talk about as well. Uh, I'd just like to lead you into your first choice of music, Lorna. Would you like to tell us what it is? Um, yes. Well, the the first one I'll go for is um, the Spring Hill mining disaster um, by um, uh, Luke Kelly sings it, um, but it's um, by by the Dubliners. Um, so it's it's a song um, about that exactly that kind of extractivist um, industry, um, which is the fossil fuel industry. And um, you know, even though even though the the, the Spring Hill mining disaster happened, um, you know, well this this specific one was in '58, um, as the song outlines. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's it's I, I think I think it just really outlines that connection between um, you know the exploitation of labour and um, you know the extractivist industries like um, fossil fuel industries. Exactly. So it's something that we've always 
known about. Um, but I suppose it takes on a different meaning now in through the frame of climate crisis because you know that line like you know blood and blood and bone is the price of coal like you know that's that's um i, mm. I think that takes on kind of different layers of meaning now um, and, it, you know, and it was I, never ever of course the blood and bone of the mine owners and the people who did really really well out of it yeah no of, of course not um and um but but that, that that dynamic has always um kind of existed um and i i think i think I think there's a there's a really interesting um, really interesting climate work has actually come out of the trade union movement um, through the ideas of um, just transition. Um, so it is about you know there are people who are still working in the fossil fuel industry and how do we actually transition them out of it in a way that is just and fair so that we're not leaving people behind um, while while we're um, while we're changing. Um, to, to to zero carbon um, economy and society, um, and again, like that's something that has been lost um, in in the in the Green Party going into government. I mean, like in their climate bill, um, they mentioned just transition um, in the in the short title of the bill. So that's kind of just the preamble to the piece of legislation. So they put the words just transition in there. But they didn't put any legal definition of just yes, transition in. Of course. They didn't put anything in that actually would operationalize um, the ideas of just transition. Um, and you know, it's it's these it's these things that are going to be massive problems um, down the line. Um, because what we're going to see is, you know, reasonably enough um, people mm. saying, "Well, this is my income, um, and I I don't I didn't have any choice in the matter." Um, but now, now it's being sort of mm -hmm. taken away from me. Well, we've seen um, that already, in, and in an, an yeah. awful lot of in an awful lot of industries. We're going to we're mm. going to take a minute to have a listen to Luke Kelly and the Dubliners singing the Spring Hill Mining Disaster, and we'll be back shortly after this. Town of Spring Hill, Nova Scotia, down in the dark of the Cumberland mine. There's blood on the coal and the miners lie in roads that never saw sun nor sky. Roads that Never saw sun nor sky. In the town of Spring Hill, you don't see easy. Often the earth will tremble and roll. When the earth is restless, miners die. Luke Kelly and the Dubliners with that wonderful Ewan McCall song called The Spring Hill Mining Disaster, which, I mean, tells a story which it, it connects, really, doesn't it? It connects this fossil fuel thing with workers' rights in many ways. And, like, the lengths that the these vested interests will go to when the little people stand up. We've seen it many, many times here in in Ireland over the last while. When the little people stand up to say... Well, you know, 
we're not being treated like this anymore. They met with the full force of, you know, God knows what. Yeah, well, I mean, like that, that that's it. Um, and that's 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 the like the violence of the state is inflicted on people in service of um, this capitalist class. Like, um, yeah. and, you know, sometimes you just have to ask, well, who is the state for? Um, and, you know, obviously it should be for, you know, like the, the working class, really, mm-hmm. um, since, you know, we do all the work. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, Lorna, I've, I've just because it's something I've always been interested in, g- give us hmm. your give us your definition of that phrase, the working class. Well, you see, this this is an interesting one, right? Um, it is, because, isn't it? Um, yeah, because when we were um, putting together our programme document, um, obviously part of that um, was that we would want to do the work of class formation and for, form a progressive working class. Um, so I think that our definition of working class in Ireland is quite narrow. Um, like we tend to um, think of a kind of pastiche of, you know, an industrial working class kind of person. Um, and what we don't think about is, you know, like even even if you manage to secure a, a mortgage and buy a house, you know, you still have to work in order to pay off that debt. Of course so you do. Some, yeah. Some, sometimes, sometimes we don't think of people who own houses as being working class, but actually... You know, the only thing that they've managed to secure is, um, you know, I, I suppose like a, a rental agreement, essentially, um, that <laughs> yeah. goes on for longer. You know, um, it's interesting. Um, so like we, we, we tend we tend to um, think that, you know, once you have a house that you've kind of moved into middle class. But I, I actually think that like middle class has kind of compacted away. Um, and a lot of a lot of a lot of people in Ireland are actually working class. They just don't realise that they are, or they don't. They don't even like to conceptualise um, that yeah. they're working class. Yeah. But if you have to work, and if you don't work, you know, you 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 would find yourself, you know, destitute. Well, then you're you're working class. Like you you depend on mm. work in order to. But isn't in order it kind of I mean, what what you're talking about there? And and you know, I mean, what you're talking about is that old word snobbery, really. And there's absolutely no, you know, there's no harm in people who are very poor wanting to improve their situation. But suddenly, you know, you're talking about their conception of themselves changes if they buy a house and have a car in the driveway. And, you know, they want their kids to go to college. They want their kids to have an education. But suddenly, because I've asked loads of people, you know, are you working class? Are you working class? And some of them, they don't know. And and some of them even go as far as to say, um, you know, kind of like my parents were. But they don't feel like they are because they feel like they've gone up a little bit in the world or whatever. Yeah, but you see, I, I suppose it's 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 to do with the specific way that the Irish economy is aligned. So we're, we're a tax haven economy, okay? Um, and... That means that it's expensive to live here um, mm-hmm. because tax haven economies always are, you know, like if you're if you're if you're giving away the services of the state all the time, you know, and privatizing everything and privatizing people's need to do things or to have services. Well, then that that becomes really expensive for people to live in, you know, and mm-hmm. like everything, every, everything, everything that we do 
in our lives here is monetized. Like we're, we're one of the few countries in Europe that doesn't have public health care, like, you know, just as a matter of course, yeah, yeah. which is highly unusual. Um, you know, um, if you we, if you want to drive a car, which in rural Ireland you you basically have to do that because there's no public transport. So the public transport is privatised, and then on top of that, if you if you're driving a car, like your need to drive a car is monetised through the insurance industry to such an extent that like that takes up you know a, a large amount of your income. The the the, the housing is financialised in such a way that. Um, you know, it's 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 basically unaffordable. Um, childcare is essentially a second mortgage. So if you take all of these things together, even someone who could be doing quite well, like they're mm. they're one month's pay away pushed, pushed from, the pin of their collar and one month's pay yeah. away from yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we have we have to broaden out our idea um, of what working class is. Um, because because if if we if we because because the country hasn't been industrialized in the same way as other EU countries, like it's not the working class here isn't necessarily grounded in that industrial working class, which is quite small here. Like what we have is we have like a foreign direct investment led model, which is a tax haven, um, and therefore we actually have quite a large working class, and I would say larger. Um, most other European countries. It's just that, you know, because 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 of the the story that neoliberalism tells us, which is, you know, this is the best things could ever be, better things can't happen. Um, you know, just accept this. Um, you know, people mm. people then will tell themselves like, oh, sure, I'm doing well. You know, and the whole system relies on people actually but of telling course. themselves. But doing was well. this was this something maybe that was I won't say fed to us, but, you know, it was part of the natural thing, um, say, when you were in school, because it was mm. study hard and you'll do well. You won't be like that thick chap over there. Right. And mm. you'll have A, B, C and D. He won't. And, you know, the way from for many years and particularly, I suppose, that what I still always insist on referring to the Egyptry of the Celtic Tiger years, that was kind of the zenith of it. But there was this kind of a perception of like, you know, if you were, um, you know, a tradesman, that wasn't the same as being a professional, you know, mm. uh, and yeah. like it's the same rubbish, really. But it's been ingrained in Ireland and somebody else said, and I think it's worth, you know, thinking about is this idea we have of the great home ownership i firmly believe mm. everybody should have a home and nobody should be paying the exorbitant rents but is that ingrained into us because of the from coming from our history where you know the irish people had nothing you know you were constantly in hock to these landlords who were mostly you know living in england and owned the land and everything is that something that just aspiration that was you know a good aspiration but maybe gone gone a bit mad I, I I think, like to answer that question, I think that you've actually kind of answered it, which mm. is um, you know to point to the Celtic Tiger, like so that that was that was a that was a really interesting turning point, I think, um, in in Irish economic history, right? Because before that, like you had this kind of professional 
bourgeois class kind of in charge of the country. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, like the 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 judges, the doctors, the lawyers, the the clergy, mm -hmm. like Indeed. you know, this 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 Catholic bourgeois mm. um that emerged after, you know, independence of the state. Um and they were kind of in charge for, you know, um a very long time. Um and, and still are Which, well um, I was going to say I thought they still are um, sadly. Yes. Um yeah so so I suppose the thing that changed about the Celtic Tiger is that up until that point, um, the, the economy was relatively insular and not particularly open. Um, but the, the Celtic Tiger was just kind of a, a series of events um, that ended up with that particular class suddenly having access to international capital. And then they started, I suppose, marketing the country. So Indeed. that's where we get this yeah. idea of Ireland Inc. towards the end. Great of little place to capital. do business. Um, yeah. yeah. So mm. so that's that that to me is actually really where um things started to slide out of control. So that that class, I suppose, in effect disempowers themselves because they completely lost control um of I suppose the steady state that they kind of had um, up until that point um, and that that introduction of like international capital is like kerosene like kerosene yeah. on all of the markets and everything got marketized um, and you know we've, we've ended up in the situation that we're in now where like even parts of that bourgeois like are starting to um, feel the pinch you know of mm -hmm. um, you know thing, things have things have inflated to mm. such a point now so but when see, we it, have so the practical. two parties the two parties that you know, once upon a time could have had um, enough of a majority uh, to run the country themselves. It now needs the two of them glued together yeah. Um, yeah. in order to do it. Yeah, well, this this is it because they've they've they they over time what they've done is they've eroded people's material conditions to the point where they will say, well, actually, do you know what? I'm I, I don't have faith in, in this you anymore. At all. Um, yeah. yeah, so, um, it's, so that's. Uh, Man's world, man's world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, yes, I'm, that's I'm a good sorry segue. to know what it is, it, but in a way, I mean, and it wasn't exclusively men, but dear God Almighty, it was most of them. Would you like to tell me about your next piece of music that I've already kind of told everybody? Yes, um, yeah, so it's um, Man's World by Marina. Um, and yeah, she's she's um, she's a, a pop songstress. Um, who's yeah. doing and you know what? Really... She's absolutely fabulous. I had to listen to this earlier. It's great. It's good, isn't it? It's yeah. such a bop like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually I I um I didn't discover this by accident. Um, my, my friend Sinead Mercier sent it to me because um, she thought, you know, I would like this song. And she was right. I really I really do like it because <laughs> she kind of um, covers topics that um, like in such an overt way. Um, mm. that um, doesn't doesn't really happen so much yeah. um, anymore. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think it's really good. Um, it's absolutely and, yeah. wonderful. Let's sit back yeah. and have a listen to Marina singing Man's World. Cheeks are rosy like a bush at Europe. I'm a strawberry soda. Raise my lashes to heaven. Stars in my hair running like a waterfall. Clouds in the white so far as we saw. Nature's dying, nobody's keeping score I don't wanna live 
And there we have Marina with Man's World, a, a, a new artist and a new song to me. But then I'm somewhat out of touch with things like that in the in the current pop music. But uh, that absolutely beautiful and making the point, made a man's world. And God, look what they did with it. We have Ireland, yeah. Ireland at the moment, right? Post Celtic Tiger, post this whole thing. Billy Connolly did a great sketch about, you know, what would you get if you sold your place? That was mm. to go back a few years. That was that was one of the most popular things of conversation. What would you get if you sold your place? You know, and as if it was some really clever type of thing. You know, that you bought your little shack for twenty five grand, and now all of a sudden it's worth six hundred thousand because you're such a clever guy. And now, after all that, we have a situation where the very often, Lorna, the children of these same people are going to be living at home in the box room till they're 35 or 40. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's it. We're, we're kind of we're kind of moving into um, an economy like southern Italy, you know, where, where people are still at home and don't have don't have much prospect of um, getting out of the house. So mm -hmm. it's um, yeah, it's 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 um, it's it's not good um, at all. Um, I, I actually found it interesting last night because, um, you know, say, same as yourself now would have been sort of looking at um, the latest government coming out and talking about, um, you know, COVID restrictions and all mm -hmm. of this, um, you know, sort of sort of uh, panicking. Um, the government is panicking a bit because um, they've, you know, not done anything to, yeah. <laughs> to stop this sure. um, predictable event. Um, but um, yeah, it was interesting because um, Michal Martin was asked about um, you know, and what about restrictions on hotels? Um, and Gav, he, he said, you know, there, there'd be no restrictions. And then um, Gavin Riley actually made um, a really sort of hard hitting point um, on Twitter um, where he said, well, of course, they can't do anything about the hotels because over 8000 people call the hotel their private home God. in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't that mad? Like that, that, that there's about 8000 people living in hotels um, oh, dear and that's Lord. their yeah. place to live you know yeah. it wouldn't have occurred to me but yeah true yeah yeah um and again you know that's 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 kind of going back to that um that 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 irish bourgeois so you know like a housing crisis is good for them because they're extracting higher and higher rents you know like people who are renters mm. are price takers they don't set the price because they don't have a choice um, yeah. And then, obviously, the the hoteliers um, get get um, steady state business um, from from putting all these people up. You know, isn't that the way? The way, like you could look. We could talk about housing. We could talk about health. We could talk about we could talk about water. And it's almost look. There's no you pay all your taxes, blah blah blah. But there's no services available for you unless somebody is going to make a killing and a blooming big killing. Yeah, well, that well, that's it, and that's 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 the, that's the inefficiency that's inherent in the way that um, Ireland, in particular, is run. You know, because I mean, like it, the 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 operation of um, the you know the the business model that we have, you know, where it's all big glass offices in Dublin, and Dublin is the biggest city, um, and everyone is kind of like coming in from the suburbs or from rural Ireland and commuting into Dublin mm -hmm. and then commuting back out again. Um, you know, that 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 has sort of like just created, you know, this 
this society where like people are really precarious all the time. So like, again, you know, like I, I think I think to be working class is to be precarious or to experience precariousness as well. Um, and and that's 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 but but, but the people rely, like the, the, the capitalist class rely on people um, feeling precarious or feeling desperate um, in order to get them to you know, do these, do these jobs. Indeed, um, and do them for money. for not much money. I, I was talking yeah. to Yulia Marciniak from Unite a couple of oh, episodes Oh, she was ago. great, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, she's making the point. I've actually been out a few times uh, going around handing out leaflets with people and it would break your heart to go into some of the places and some of the staff in some of these places, they're even afraid to look up or to be seen talking to you. Yeah, because they are that, as you as you call it, for the wonderful word precarious, do you know that it's just they need to be kept there by these people. They need to be kept there because um, they don't want to see any organisation and, and really they're being treated appallingly. Yeah, um, and and that's it, you know, because I I suppose you know like people people would think us on the left is like quite extreme and all of mm -hmm. this, but I mean you know I'm 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 in favour of like planned economies. I'm in favour of you know um, a progressive working class and completely flipping things around um, and you know and and revolution and all of this and you know it's it's for a quiet life like you know mm -hmm. that's sure. that's all I want. You know? <laughs> yes, it is. But, you know, as well, yeah. what, what 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 occurs to me about it is what you're actually talking about. It's, it's almost like um, you're talking about peace and love, if you like, you know, that so many times uh, and it is to the advantage of these same people that, you know, you'll pick up the newspapers and you'll turn on the television and you'll see people referred to, you know, as the hard left, the loony left, the this, that and the other. When basically mm. what people are looking for, what the left are looking for, it, I think you'd call it a bit of fairness, a bit of, that's the best word well, I can come up with, it's, you know. It's, it's, de it's decency, decency, you know, and, yeah. and, and like that people can, can live like dignified lives and just have a bit of dignity, you know, because exactly. um, like, because mm. like that's, that's what, that's what I I think that's the worst part of my job as a counsellor. Like you encounter lots of people who are living these really, you know, like they 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 feel undignified. Undignified. By their material we we heard we heard uh, Councillor Pat Dunn talking at the conference where he's saying that he has a box of tissues on his desk for people who come in and break down crying. Yeah, well, that's I mean, like that's 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 um, par for the course um in, in being a counselor um yeah. you know and but 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 you see like these people are made to feel this way like by a system that benefits from their misery you know like vast swathes of people are just miserable and immiserated um by the inefficient economic system that we have and uh, you know it's it's it is it is that idea of socialism versus barbarism like i i think the i think the capitalist system is barbaric like i i think that the way that it um you know contorts people into these miserable shapes like is is awful um and 
you know that's that's the thing that needs to change um and it, it needs to change quickly um you know especially given the the climate crisis that we're in as well you know like even mm. even the earth itself um is being is being you know denuded um yeah. in order that you know a few people might make enough money to build a rocket or whatever it is that they want yeah. to do this yeah. week, you know whatever they want to do this week and is that yeah. just you know it and it says a lot for us maybe that that we all have allowed this to go this far it, mm. it, you know, when people say, oh, I'd like a quiet life. Well, guess what? You know, looking into the not too distant future um, it'll be anything but a quiet life. So, look, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask you to introduce um, your final piece of music. Before yeah. I do that, I'm going to say thank you very, very much for talking to me. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. And ah, no, it was great. I hope, well, you know what? I hope I hope we're going to get to do this again sooner rather than later. Oh yeah, definitely. Tell us your third piece of music. I know you're going to make an old man very happy because I know it's yeah. Rory Gallagher. <laughs> I know it's Rory Gallagher. What what yeah, is Rory Gallagher yeah. going to sing for us? <laughs> um, it's it's Crest of a Wave. Now I I don't actually have any massive political point about this. Yeah, you know what? You don't, um, but you don't have to. Isn't that sometimes? Yeah. You know, sometimes. Guess what? I love a piece of music because of the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's it's the sound and it's it's it, it's the words and obviously the uh, the, the core connection as well. The core um, connection. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be a Cork city councillor if I didn't mention Cork um, at least once um, or several times. Um, well, I could but, start. Um, I, I could keep going on here. You know, you could mention Freddie White. You could mention yeah. uh, Jimmy Crowley. You could mention uh, Jimmy McCarthy, songwriter. Yeah. You're not stuck for um, guys oh, down no. in Cork, are you? Really? No. We're, no? We're, we're <laughs> We're falling down with talent um, yeah, around absolutely. Cork, all right. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I I just I just ended up coming across this song kind of by accident because um, like my, my my dad would listen to a lot of Rory Gallagher. Um, and I, to to be honest, I didn't really get a lot of his music um, for for quite some time. But like it was only when I was in the middle of. Um, you know, the Green Party completely selling out um, and all of this kind of stuff. And I don't know, I, I think you just have to be really <laughs> hard done by to like get... To get Rory um, Gallagher. That was, yeah, the, that so. was the blues. Do you know what? Yeah. I was reading a, a book and watching a film, Martin Scorsese, um, the story of the blues. And this guy takes him into a car, uh, drives him outside of, uh, down the Mississippi Delta. And shows him people living in situation that you actually would not believe people could live mm. in. Mm. And he said, that's the blues. Yeah. And yeah. that's what well, we've been talking about for the last half hour. You know, that's the same thing. That's the blues. These people were, had, if if you could have less than nothing. Mm. And now you'd understand the blues. And that's what I think that's where Rory Gallagher comes in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it's 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 very it's very cathartic to listen to. Um, but anyway, the, the, this one is um crest of a wave, which obviously I kind of like as well because you know the name of the party, and Rarth Glass is uh, a green wave. Um, so Rarth Glass, um, the green wave, yeah. and here yeah. we are on the crest of a green wave with Rory. Yeah, Garner. hopefully. <laughs> and here he comes. Mm -hmm. 